Defense, turnovers, and a lack of discipline are among the many things that went wrong this past weekend for the San Diego Gulls. We'll talk about that and more on this edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Goals. It's, it's Goals Thursday. This is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade. I'm also currently the public address announcer for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. And as you can probably tell, this is audio only, still in the process of moving. That should finally be taken care of by next week. Thank goodness. And my other place not available to record, so this will be audio only. In fact, this might very well be the only podcast this week. I've mentioned numerous times this month that podcasts are going to be coming out sporadically for this month, so bear with us. But I have promised that we are going to continue with Goals Thursday, even though there has been a plethora of Ducks news. And believe me, there's been a plethora of news, but that will all be addressed later on. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But for now, we're still talking about the San Diego goals since I happened to have seen one of those games live. So we got to talk about that a little bit. And this has been an occurring theme for the Ducks organization over the past few seasons. And this is not just the goals. This is the Ducks as well. So this can relate a little bit. And this is probably more of an organizational problem. The three things I mentioned at the outset, there were three key things that I did not like when watching the goals this past weekend. One of them, well, I said defense in general. So I'm going to actually not start with defense. I'm going to start with lack of discipline. The reason I'm starting with lack of discipline is because this is what is biting the goals in the behind almost every year and this year's certainly no exception to that it cost them the game against the Ontario Reign last Friday the goals actually kind of had a chance to win this game if not for some terrible penalties especially in that second period where they just allowed Ontario to kind of have their way third period it almost cost them almost cost them the game those penalties where you had Braden Tracy take a bad penalty. Nikita Nesterenko took a bad penalty, but also um, Haig had a little bit of an irresponsible moment late in the game as well. Nesterenko, as much as I like his skating, he needs to be careful with his stick. Supremely careful. He took two bad penalties in the game against Ontario. Both involving his stick. One high sticking that could have been avoided. One slashing that probably was a bit of a frustration penalty. And something that you cannot do. You cannot have those frustration penalties. And that came back to bite the goals, unfortunately. So lack of discipline is going to be a key thing moving forward. Especially because their penalty kill right now. I mean... It's not very good. They're only penalty killing at a 77% clip or 78% clip. It's not good right now, folks. That is definitely one of... It's on the lower end. It's on the lower end right now. In fact, looking at the special teams as of this moment, 
uh, the San Diego Gulls. They're one of, I, w- I wouldn't say one of the worst teams because you have Ontario, who's just as bad. You have San Jose, who was by far the worst PK, and so is Calgary. But San Diego's right around there as well. Not something they need to improve on quite a bit. The other thing that I talked about was turnovers. Oh, this this was a big one, folks. The San Diego goals seems to commit. I mean, I'm being totally facetious here. I'm only kidding. They seem to have a turnover a minute. I'm only kidding, folks. But it seemed like that in parts of the game where they would have the puck in the neutral zone and have a bad turnover with some bad puck management and some bad stick work, or they would get it in their zone. In particular, their second and third lines would have a little bit of trouble keeping the puck in their zone and turning it over to either Tucson or Ontario in this case. This is also something that needs to be addressed a little bit. The San Diego goals, for what it's worth, they have a solid roster, but they are still a young roster. Uh, Sasha Pastujov, he's got to work on his stick work. He was one of the bigger offenders, at least this past week, where he was turning the puck over on the offensive end. And something else that he did, and this will circle back to defense, is when the opposing team would have the puck in their zone, they couldn't clear it. Sasha did this a couple of times, where he had the puck, he didn't hold on to it, he couldn't clear it. And in one of those cases where the puck was not cleared, it directly resulted in a goal going the other way for the opponents. So I did mention Sasha being one of one of the offenders. I mean, this is the middle lines. Uh, Sasha had trouble with that. Caulfield had trouble with that. Um, also, Jacob Perot had a bit of trouble with stick work as well. So they need to be careful about how they handle the puck in both their zones. That's going to be a big one. And especially on their own end, which goes back to overall defense. Now, the goals, for what it's worth, they haven't allowed a whole lot of goals. In fact, against Ontario, they only allowed three goals, which is not bad. Against Tucson, they only allowed two goals. In fact, the San Diego goals, as of this moment, have one of the better goals against averages. They're only averaging two and a half goals allowed per game, which is not bad. The league average right now is a little over three. So the goals right now are above average overall on defense. But there's little things now that they need to fix. One of those is clearing the puck. One of those is getting the effective blocked shots. They need to get in the way of the puck a little bit more. Well, based on the last couple of games, they need to get in the way of the puck a little bit more because once again, and Ducks fans cover your ears because this is a broken record. They're allowing too many shots. <laughs> once again, too many shots. They allowed 32 against Ontario. They allowed 35 against Tucson when they themselves only shot it 23 times. And this is a slow paced game too. It should not have come to that. But that's where we are. So those are my big takeaways on the games this... I shouldn't say weekend, this past week. Because, in fact, they only played yesterday a very early game. So this is something that they need to be aware of going forward. And hopefully with these upcoming games, they can fix 
a couple of those little trouble spots and maybe Sasha will get a little bit of attention you know work on stick work and work on clearing the puck and work on not turning the puck over sorry to single out one or two guys but this is just observations from the past couple games so there you go all right we're gonna head into the first intermission we will talk about the last two games that took place we'll get to that on the other side and now a word from FanDuel. Snap into action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, futures, and much, much more. So, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the new season on FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please, folks, gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked On Gulls, which is under the umbrella of Locked On Anaheim Ducks and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, this is your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, episode number 774 of Locked On Ducks, to be official. All right, let's talk about the last two games that took place. One against the Ontario Reign, one down the street early, early Tuesday morning. That game was a 10 a.m. game. I know some people hadn't even woken up and they're like, oh, there's a game starting soon. All right. But we're going to talk about the Ontario game first that took place last weekend because that was a, how can I put this, a spirited affair. That's the best way to put it, especially in the very beginning. After a power play or after, yeah, right before a power play rather for the Ontario Reign, there was a long fight between Jacob Doty and Travis Howell. Okay, first off, this fight lasted about a minute. It was a long fight. There were some decent punches thrown. A couple of them landed on either side. So when I say spirited, I do mean, yeah, spirited. <laughs> because there was a hit on Alex Turcott, and then Jacob Doty just immediately went to Travis Howe and said, oh, you hit my guy? Well, I'm going to fight you. And that's exactly what happened. This really set the tone for the game because this was only three minutes in. Once Jacob Doty took on Travis Howe, and unfortunately, I hate to say it, but yeah, Jacob Doty won that fight. Momentum swung heavily in the Ontario's favor because right after that, there was a bad penalty by Braden Tracy Ontario goes in the power play. They don't score in the power play, but they have all the momentum because they are now getting all the shots. They are now getting all the opportunities. First couple minutes, I mean, San Diego had three shots in a row in the first minute, and they they had control. The goals had early control, and Ontario just looked blah out there, to be honest. And then after that long fight and after that power play for Ontario... That seemed to just kill any momentum that the goals had the first few minutes of the game. And it was mostly Ontario after that. Shots were 12-10 in favor of the rain, but really 12-7 
after that little scrap that happened. Yeah, it was a long one, but it was it was fun. It was fun to watch. Second period, we get some scoring from Taylor Ward on the power play because Nikita Nesterenko had a not-so-good penalty, so Taylor Ward scored on that one, one nothing. Then Ontario has a bad penalty. Kevin Connaughton takes a cross-check. And Olin Zellweger, one of my favorite defensemen, Olin Zellweger scores his first of the season, thank goodness, tied at one. Then late in the period, Martin Kromiak scored just off of Stalock. Oh, by the way, this was Alex Stalock's first start of the season for the home opener. 2-1 Ontario. And then yet another Nikita Nesterenko penalty results in an Ontario goal. TJ Tynan scored his first. So Ontario, both of their power play goals were on a Nikita Nesterenko penalty. Ooh, boy. He's got to be careful there. And then later on in the third period, goals are down 3-1. to one After a two-man advantage, Nesterenko... Oh, sorry. It was not a two-man. It was just Robert Haig's penalty. During the Ontario Reign power play, magic happened where Pavel Regenda took the puck in his own zone. And I'll just preface this by saying... Yeah, it was a nice goal. Yeah, it was a pretty sick goal, to be honest. I liked it. I liked that goal a whole lot. Because Regenda took the puck from Tyler Madden, went around uh, Nosianen, passed the other three rain defensemen, and had a very quick give-and-go to Trevor Carrick. And that was a shorthanded goal. So Regenda literally beat the entire Ontario Reign team. You know, Madden, you know, 200 feet away from the goal, then Nosiainen, just up the boards, and then beat Maltsev, Hicketts, and Taylor Ward. Taylor Ward being the third guy he beat, then Hicketts and Maltsev. They were both going towards Trevor Carrick and left Pavel Regenda with a kind of semi-breakaway, but that was enough to get a short-handed goal for the Regenda agenda. Already his fourth goal of the season in three games. Regenda's looking good, folks. He's looking very, very good. I've said this numerous times on the Ducks regular podcast, and I'm going to say it here. Pavel Regenda deserved much more of a shot to make the, to make, not the, Inter- the Anaheim Ducks roster. Regenda has excellent speed. He has great awareness, and he has... Great puck control, especially when receiving the puck. And that was a case where, as I watched the play develop, and I said, oh, he's going to take off. He took off, scored that goal. And about five seconds after I scored, or he scored that goal, I look and I to my side and I say, he should be in the Ducks. Yeah, he should absolutely be on the Ducks. But he's still in San Diego scoring goals. And taking names and kicking butt. But that would be the last goal of the game. Ontario would go on to beat San Diego 3-2 in front of a packed house at Pachanga Arena. Kind of a downer way to have your home opener, but still a great crowd on hand. I mean, they were loud. They were rocking. They were doing everything they can to will the goals to victory. Unfortunately, could not do it that time. Then we had a morning game. This was actually the kids game 
at TCC, Gulls, and Roadrunners. This was one that was frustrating. It was frustrating because San Diego's defense ultimately cost them the game, but also their puck control ultimately cost them this game. Tucson had puck possession for at least, I mean, to be more precise, about 60% of the game. But it seemed like they had the puck for about 75% of the game because San Diego just could not get that many opportunities. And when they did get opportunities in the game, for the most part, they were in the perimeter. I mean, there was a lot of shots outside the circles, outside the home plate area. It just wasn't even good. I mean, the one goal the goals did had was down the middle in the mid slot. You know, that was a perfect shot, perfect goal. That one's fine. But for the most part, they were in the perimeter or had a bad angle shot. Tucson, on the other hand, they had a bunch of shots in the home plate area. And this is where I stress that the goals need to be careful with how they defend in the high danger area. They allowed too many high danger shots to Tucson. I mean, it's a wonder that the Roadrunners only had two goals in this game. This was one where I have to give a lot of credit to Callie Klang. Callie Klang stepped up big time, made some tremendous saves throughout the game, and frankly deserved some kind of credit. Like, he deserved a star in this game. But because Tucson, that doesn't happen. But Callie Klang was deserving. He had a much better game in net than, ready for this name, folks? Matt Vallalta, the the former Ontario Rain netminder, now with the Tucson Roadrunners, he had a decent amount of saves, 22 saves, 23 shots. But again, most of those were not quality shots for the San Diego goals. They probably just didn't wake up. I mean, it was a 10 a.m. start. It was early. Hunter Drew, yes, that Hunter Drew scored for the Tucson Roadrunners. And then Trevor Carrick scored for the goals in the second. And right away, third period, Dylan Genther, the young speedster, scored early in the third for Tucson. That was all the scoring on this one. And we had yet another spirited roughing up on this one. Michael Kesselring and Nick Wolf had a good brawl. Not as good as the rain goals one, but still a pretty decent fight with some good hits between Wolf and Kesselring. I don't really know who won that fight because that happened right after Trevor Carrick had scored his goal. And then Kesselring took on Wolf. And I would say that fight was a draw slight advantage to Tucson there. So, you know, San Diego not winning the fights necessarily, and that's not helping. But, you know, final score, 2-1. to one. Goals lose both of their games over the weekend. Shots on goal. 35-23 in favor of Tucson in that game. The other game between the rain, 33-32. So, gotta watch the amount of shots they give up, but also have to watch the amount of bad shots they give up. And they gotta stop taking penalties. They're still taking a lot of penalties. Alright, we're going to head into the second intermission, and I'll talk about a couple other... I'll talk about something good, like the good players that are out there. And about what's coming up. Stay locked in. 
And now a word from Jace Medical. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can customize your case and additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now now offers customability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the meds that best fit you and your family's unique needs. You can also buy a gift card for your family or loved ones, and they can get a Jace case of your own. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at jasemedical.com. And now a word from Sleeper. It's a new NHL season. It brings all sorts of possibilities. Maybe Troy Terry could score 50 goals. Well, maybe not, but maybe he could score 40 goals. Maybe you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in DFH contests. And this week, I'd say maybe Frank Vetrano could have another big game. Vetrano's had the hat trick earlier. He's looked pretty decent recently so why not put something on him Troy Terry could have a big game maybe Mason McTavish will finally break out oh and it's not just hockey you can also play daily fantasy NFL NBA MLB college football on sleeper all you have to do is pick whether guys like Terry or McTavish or Z if he plays will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals assists etc to win a hundred times bet on sleeper you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Ducks fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms for use of details and locational availability. All right. I'm going to talk about a couple of good players. And one of them had a bad weekend, but still had some good moments. And I'm talking about Nikita Nestorenko. Even though he took some bad penalties, he was still one of the best goals forwards over the weekend. I, I wouldn't put him on top. If it wasn't for those penalties, I would say he was the best forward of the weekend. Speed is immaculate. The speed that he has is NHL ready right now. The fact that he was able to get past opponents and was able to generate some solid chances with relative ease, I would say he's one of the better forwards out there. But I think the best forward out of everyone on the goals roster was Pavel Regenda. And this, I think, is where uh, John Broadbent and I will disagree he thought Nikita was the best forward. I thought Regenda was the best forward because Regenda, on top of the speed that he has, I think he has the better awareness right now on both ends of the ice. Regenda, very excellent on the defensive in the past couple of games when he was out there. And he was solid on on the very tail ends of penalty kills when he was out there. He wasn't out on the PK very much this weekend but when he was out there he was using his active stick pretty well so maybe this is something 
that the goals can look at moving forward is maybe put Regenda in a more prime penalty killing opportunity. Although, <laughs> the caveat to that, he's already out there on the power play. <laughs> so he's already out there on one side of special teams. Do you want to tire him out and put him on both sides of special teams? That's a caveat there, because Regenda is also good on the power play. Do you want to tire him out playing him 27, 28 minutes per night? Not necessarily. But it's still something to consider. Maybe have him out there a little more than once in a while on the PK, because he seems to do well on that. Team defense is still pretty solid for Regenda. He's NHL-ready, folks. He is NHL-ready right now. It is still a mystery to me why he is still on the San Diego goals and not with the Anaheim Ducks. I've heard this from fans, especially at the tail end of training camp. Regenda didn't get a shot. Nestorenko didn't make the team. Yes, I know. I get it. I get, you know, letting the kids play. Nestorenko being one of them. I get it. Yes, it's nice seeing Leo Carlson out there, even though his use is... It's questionable at, at worst. No, questionable at best. I don't know which way I am with Leo Carlson right now, but... Yeah. He's not being used every game. There's a perfectly good roster spot for a guy like Nestorenko or someone like Pavel Regenda. So why not bring one of those guys up to the Ducks right now? I'm just saying. All right. Here's what the goals have coming up on their schedule. They've got a couple of games this weekend that are, well, sure to be fun. First home game this coming Friday against the Abbotsford Canucks. And, folks, that's a Halloween game. So come dressed up in San Diego. Wear your best gear because it's going to be a fun one. Against the Abbotsford Canucks, who are in SoCal this weekend. I've, if I remember correctly, I think Abbotsford is playing San Diego. Then they're playing Ontario. And then they come to Coachella Valley. So I think this is going to be their bit of a road trip coming up. Where they get all three SoCal teams. So that is taking place on Friday. Then later on in the weekend, I believe this is Sunday, they're on the road against the Henderson Silver Knights. Oh boy, that'll be fun at Dollar Loan Center. Those are your two games coming up this weekend, the Canucks and the Silver Knights. Yeah, the goals can score on the Silver Knights. Yuri Patera has struggled a little bit. Okay, more than a little bit. Abbotsford, you always have to worry about Christian Wolanin. He is still one of the premier players on the Canucks. He was award-winning last year. So, Wooly, gotta watch out for him. Uh, Seeloff's in goal and Sachenko in goal. They both can have some big games. But I look for the goals to try to lock down on defense. And try to get more of an active stick against the Canucks, who play kind of a slower pace. Henderson plays at a fairly fast pace right now. They like to score a lot of goals, but they also like to give up a lot of goals. So I expect that one to possibly be very up and down, very uh, hectic. I mean, the Canucks play fast. They also score a lot of goals. Even though the Silver Knights have scored less goals, they play at a bit of a faster pace. So defense is going to be key 
Otherwise, they're going to get blown out and get like five or six goals against this weekend. So defense, defense, defense. That's got to be the big lockdown for San Diego this weekend. And something to watch for? Those are your games. That'll do it for this edition of Locked on Goals. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. You can follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And you could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And hopefully we'll be back to regular episodes next week. Hopefully soon, folks. We're we're getting there. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Locked On Goals, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the afternoon. Please remember to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks and gulls fly together. Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.